0: Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today, my guest is Sam Wick, head of UTA Ventures. One of WIC's jobs at the talent agency is to help build businesses and business opportunities for UTA's many clients. The era of a star holding up a Coke can and smiling for a check is pretty much over. Nowadays, brands are looking to align with boldface names that give them what WIC calls brand permission to reach their target consumers. WIC has seen the evolution of digital media from the front row, having come up as an executive at mp3.com, MySpace, and Maker Studios before he joined UTA in 2016. Putting on his venture capitalist hat, Wick also offers some insights on fast-growing sectors that are destined to intersect with entertainment. That's all coming up on today's episode of Strictly Business.
1: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.
0: Sam Wick, head of UTA Ventures. Thank you so much for joining us today.
4: All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Tell me, Sam, you, you know, as the head of a ventures group for one of the Hollywood's largest talent agencies, you have quite a perch into the industry. And it's an industry that has uh, is really been in the last two years has been in quite a run of attracting a ton of attention from private equity Se- seemingly every everybody that ever held an executive position is about to launch a SPAC to go buy things. There's a lot of activity in the marketplace right now. From your perch, what do you see that is you know, particularly of interest to private equity investors? What sectors of entertainment, media, and telecom are they most interested in right now?
4: Right. So if we even kind of step back and just talk a little bit about how we Think about kind of talent and how they act as accelerants, you know, for a business. So, you know, one um, agencies traditionally were focused solely on media, but as they've evolved and added additional divisions, sports, speakers, fine arts, right? You know, digital. The 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 breadth of what we actually touch is much much broader than just media. So, the way that it, I fundamentally think about it is: where do our clients have brand permission? Where does their audience feel a sense of attachment? to their missions or their goals. And that is, so that includes media. Media is definitely a large focus area there, but it also includes consumer products. It also includes um, experiential businesses like hospitality or restaurants. And it includes uh, pro-social, right? You know, one of the things that town are great at are simplifying complex situations or borrowing, you know, uh, brands can borrow their brand equity to help them kind of understand things. So you see that a lot in like climate change or even a category like finance, but
0: to mm-hmm. go back to social justice you know any any number of social justice issues absolutely get magnified
4: yes uh but to go back to your question in terms of where are people looking right what are, what are they thinking about right and so i'll hone down on a couple themes that i've been thinking about specifically related to to media and then maybe a little bit later we can talk about the, the thesis that actually gets us to, the, to these categories but on one end you've got um this movement towards media companies focusing on direct to consumer businesses. And if you think about companies like Disney and Discovery, historically they were more B2B to C companies. They created great content, right? And they went to someone like Comcast who did all the, the marketing, the customer acquisition, the, the LTV to CAC analysis, the churn analysis. All of a sudden they're getting good at this, right? And Disney's getting really good at this right so then if you start thinking about where the growth is for these kinds of businesses right and disney now has three direct to consumer services and espn and hulu and disney plus it's pretty logical that you could think about well they now understand that funnel they understand how to market what are the other things that could fit with their brand identity so for example we're an investor in a company called masterclass um which is an incredible you know business right you could see a company like that really fitting in quite nicely with Disney or frankly discovery. Right. Um, But you could also see those same types of companies, not just focusing on video assets, but any asset that has a subscription method. Right. So think about a music service Mm -hmm. or a wellness service. Could a company like calm or headspace be bundled together with some of the offerings that some of these media companies have. So, so anything kind of in this larger subscription um, area I think is really quite quite interesting for us. It's
0: the world of the new bundle. People are bundling, and yeah, in in the old days it was MTV and CNN and Nickelodeon and Lifetime, and now it could be like you said, any number of channels plus a wellness app or a, or a Zen meditation. You're right. That unbundling and rebundling is wh- I think. Why everything feels so kind of kind of frenzied right now in the business because there's all this opportunity, but there's also like, woo, what's What's going on. So yeah, as you
4: say. Okay. So I want to give you another theme, which is, um, and this is like a, this has been going on forever, right? Which is if you find places where people are spending more time than where dollars are spent, there's going to be growth. Right. So if we think about this, you know, where I initially built my career, which was in digital media, perfect example, right. For many, many years, There was more time spent than dollars spent. And everyone kept saying, well, advertising dollars are eventually going to shift. Where is that happening today? Audio, right? So oftentimes we say podcasting, but it's not just podcasting. Clearly, there's incredible growth in podcasting. We see a lot of the same dynamics happening with creators, the creator economy in podcasts. Like we have a client, My Favorite murder has an incredible kind of connection and reach same way that digital talent, you know, do, you know, do today, but it's broader than just podcasting, right? And it's not just content. It's the entire infrastructure layer. We have an investment in a a platform company called art 19 that does distribution and monetization, but it's also connected devices. So if you think about what's happening with Alexa or Google, right, that's a separate ecosystem, more time spent than dollars spent, right? Um, And then you could also look at, you know, areas like converting print to audio. And there's been a a lot of investment there, making that content, making content kind of easier to consume, you know, on the go, right? So that is also a general theme for us, right?
0: I'm thinking like, even within those industries, there's so much tech innovation that needs to to make, we've been so spoiled, we're so spoiled by these great interfaces, but every click is somebody pouring over to make it that easy. And I, I, a lot of uh, investors have told me like, you know, it's not as sexy, but ad tech and connectivity tech is, there is just amazing, like, you know, moving ahead at, light, at warp speed innovations going on there. I'm sure you're
4: seeing. It, it, it is uh, a truism that it is oftentimes not just the vision, but the execution. Sure, the details. so it, it is the, the little things right, that um, maybe we don't think about. They're not as flashy, right, for, for people, you know, but they really make a difference. And so when you look at, and we have a lot of businesses and consumer products, we spend a lot of time thinking about what is the acquisition funnel? What is the drip marketing strategy across, you know, email and text and, you know, and what is the proper churn rate and, and inventory allocations and 3PL. Like these are things that are not particularly like, you know, high flying and sexy, but they are typically a hallmark for, um, you know, what moves a business from being just good, you know, to great. And so, you know, going back to the audio theme, you know, why, you know, why is why, does, why is Clubhouse winning in the audio category, right? Because there's going to be a ton of competitors, but why are they winning, Right. And it's oftentimes that attention to detail, the network effects that really, at the end of the day, make a huge difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The ease of use. So with the direct subscription boom at the biggest of the big companies, how are you seeing that filter out to opportunities to investors in other areas?
4: We both invest and we build businesses with our clients. And um, when we build, um, what we found is that over time, the market is evolving, and it's in, in a sense upstreaming. So it used to be that the talent would just start something from scratch, raise capital, build the brand. Increasingly, we're seeing this interest in, and this is when we work with with private equity quite a bit, or with corporations spinning out new divisions. Um, you know, potentially buying a company and using uh, and working with talent. To inject their their brand story and authenticity and accelerate the brand, or even taking a brand like a lot of the large public companies have brands that are just kind of operating at a at a steady steady state level, right? And you know the the gross margins the same, the the profitability is the same, the marketing expenses the same. They're not going to double down on marketing, but they feel like if they could, if talent could come in who really fit with that brand. And help them move the needle via earned media, right? They're willing to compensate the talent in exchange for that, and so you do see that happen a lot, you know, you know, on the talent, you know, side. Again, I think more frequently in both um, consumer media, but also uh, quite often in, in consumer products, you know, as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you seeing? I would imagine that you're seeing, you know, we're talent getting some form of equity whether it's, you know, equity, equity, or a small slice of equity. But, I mean, that seems to be a growing area, I would imagine, you know, a growing area of focus for the, you know, for the many, you know, top-tier folks that you guys represent.
4: Yeah, there's is there there is a, there's a, there's a couple of themes, right? Because, you know, there's always been a very robust endorsement business for a lot of talent. But what we're increasingly seeing is that the talent are interested Both because of the potential financial returns, but also I think the legacy aspect of it in building, you know, big and meaningful, you know, businesses. And there are macro factors driving this. You know, one, if you look at and you look at studies around younger consumers, they are increasingly looking for brands that they that have a founder led story and they understand the mission around and talent are highly effective at this. You also hear the same thing from retailers. So um, Target has done especially well at this over the past few years in bringing in founder, founder-led brands. And I think the other factor, and this really touches in with media, is that it's harder and harder to tell your brand story through traditional media, right? There's less advertising space. And so and if you look at the platforms that are growing, let's, let's look at the social networks, pick any of them, right? Facebook, Instagram, Snap. The actual content that people are consuming is generally the social content that you and I or a celebrity or an influencer is creating. And so they're actually controlling that marketing message in a way that's much more powerful. And I think the brands are increasingly recognizing that, that they are an effective manner, kind of breaking through, you know, breaking through the noise. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You must have seen, um, you know, I mean, you must be watching with interest the growth of TikTok and and TikTok as a, as a marketing platform is, you know, the fact that that feels almost baked into its DNA, it, it seems like, you know, uh, there's so much opportunity there.
4: Uh, certainly. I think one thing that's interesting is before TikTok, you may have to go back uh, 10 years to find the last breakthrough social media product, which is probably Instagram. Right. So it's been a while. So it's hard to get those network effects. And each of these platforms has a different kind of influence or a creator and typically a different kind of um, product or, or kind of product opportunity comes out of it. So what's interesting about and about TikTok specifically is the, uh, for me is one, the growth of food like food has always been a category that um, we've always felt that talent could push on. It's always been historically been a category that's not been as attractive because the margins have been somewhat thin mm-hmm. at the retail level.
0: You got to sell a lot of boxed macaroni and cheese to make it worth yeah. your while, yeah.
4: Right, but you're seeing a lot of creators do very interesting things. So for example, we represent um, Half-Baked Harvest, right, who um, is, is one of the YouTube and TikTok. Joshua Weisman, who is a fast-growing kind of young, hip, you know, celebrity chef. And so each of these platforms does create their own set of stars and influencers, which then leads to a series of businesses that they can build.
0: When you go out in the in the business building part of your job, when you go out to look to raise money for people, do you find that you find, do you have the usual suspects? Do you have the usual 10 firms that come in to my mind, I keep every time I turn around. There's a new something something capital new, you know, ventures inc. It feels it feels like there's just like a lot of new faces coming into the, you know, and new interest in the industry. Are you seeing that?
4: Right. Um, well, first, I I should start by saying it's not just me. I, I have a, an amazing team, um, and and I will also say that I think you know pound for pound, it, it's the best you know uh, team possible. And and it is largely a team composed of female executives. And that I I, I have a sense is that's why we're, we're overperforming.
0: Well, you want to get something done, right? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Um but you know what's what's interesting is I think as we've discussed, I come from a background of having raised venture capital for my own companies, building them and selling them. And that was the model that I truly understood um coming into to UTA. What I've learned is that you know, being in client services, we're not a one, we can't really have one size fits all. That not every business, not every talent, is meant to go through the venture process. And so, in developing our group, we developed in essence a financial coverage model, and we work with family offices, all stages of venture, private equity, and also um, corporations. And the models have a wide variety in terms of how they're capitalized. So there are businesses um, that we've gone out and we've raised venture capital for. So um, so for example, we have a business with Issa Rae uh, called Sienna Naturals, which is a natural hair care uh, right. company. Um, it's run by a woman named Hannah Jope, who's fantastic. That company um, is venture-backed, largely venture-backed. But there are other businesses where we've structured them as joint ventures with corporations or brand incubators. Uh, An example of that would be we have a business called Anomaly with Priyanka Chopra Jonas uh, and Mesa. Mesa is backed by, Mesa is a beauty brand incubator, and they're backed by Bain, which is a private equity company. Um, And they have different, I'm not saying one's better than the other, right? It's really about what are the ultimate goals and objectives, you know, of our our clients, Um, But there are a wide variety of models. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's, there's no usual suspects, you know, usual suspects model, although there are certain marketplaces. So if you're going to build a beauty brand, you know that there are a certain number of very strong brand incubators that you're going to work with. And if you're going to do it on your own, there are a certain number of venture funds who are top tier funds who really excel, right? At at investing, if you want to go down, down that path. But what's really interesting uh, to me, and particularly, kind of given now the sizing, is that the range of models that that we've been able to kind of work through. And I will it, say, it's, it's say it's it's really um, it's changing in real time.
0: What are you finding in terms of particularly younger talent that comes to you? Are you finding is there a real sense of like digital entrepreneurship out there? Are people do people come in? Talented people come in come in your doors with the idea of yeah, I can build a company. You know. It, it, it feels to me like there is a breed of, you know, 20 something that has a podcasting company in their head and working, you know, working on other audio projects on the side. I, I'm amazed at how many plates people can juggle.
4: Right. So um, we call them the multi hyphenates. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because they can do so many different things. And so there is um, one, just starting with a question on, on on digital platforms. I think Many of the creators who um, are building businesses on digital platforms, um, they're breaking down that, 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 that wall, that barrier, right? Um, I used to always say this, and I, I mentioned to you, I was on the manager team of, of Maker Studios and well, YouTube network. And what I saw there was when you were speaking directly to your audience, they really understood who you were and you had a, a greater ability to influence, influence purchase behavior. Um, and so I think a a lot of the digital creators are really savvy and really understand this. Um, and so if you look at someone, for example, like Emma Chamberlain, who's one of the biggest digital stars, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. Um, we worked with her and we, we've built a coffee company with her called Chamberlain Coffee, which is doing incredibly well. Um, but it's because I think the audience understands from day one, Right her love of, of coffee in that category. Um, and that's happening across the board. You could look at our, our clients, the the D'Amelios um, who are on, on TikTok. You, mm-hmm. could, you could look at a number of the uh, beauty influencers, right? They've almost baked in commerce as part of their DNA. The content itself, right, is, you know, instructional, is educational, right? In a way that it wasn't you know, for a previous generation who was on film and TV. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: It's a very different, very different toolkit.
0: We'll be back with more from Sam Wick after a quick break.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers
1: or complete terms.
5: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
0: And we're back with UTA's Sam Wick. Sam, tell us about your own journey through digital startups and entrepreneurship. How did you how did you get on the path that led you to UTA?
4: <laughs> um, one of my colleagues likes to say it's the wind, the long and winding road how I, how I got to UTA. Um, I've always been interested in media and tech. I actually started my career uh, doing A and R for uh, American Recordings. I worked for a guy named Rick Rubin. Who have him <laughs> yeah anyone who loves hip-hop loves uh, very well I actually signed a group called system of a down um, and that was my whole first career and I and I, I I loved music then and I love music now and one of the things that I often say is no matter what uh, job I choose it always seems that that company chooses to be in music um, From there I moved into media and tech and I did a, a series of companies I, I ran content for mb 3com which we uh, took public in the early aughts. Um, I then did a a SaaS company with Mike Jones, who runs a a very well thought of incubator here in Los Angeles called Science, called UserPlan that we sold to AOL. I ran um, marketing and content for for MySpace, if you remember that. Uh, And then uh, I I was on the management team of Maker Studios. And it it was, you know, uh, which we sold to Disney.
0: That in and of itself must have been quite a journey.
4: Uh, I got to tell you Disney is a really amazing company. It is like, you know, the the way they tell stories um and and not just, you know, on a screen or on a box, but thinking about the brand, the entire brand life cycle of storytelling is is incredibly powerful. Um and being from uh I grew up in Southern California, I used to go to Disneyland every year for my birthday. And, and, and so there were days that I would pinch myself as I was sitting there on the corner of Dopey Drive and Mickey Ave, or maybe it's Mickey, Mickey Drive and Dopey Ave. I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it was truly a great place, you know, to be. And, and you're actually seeing a number of those Disney executives as, as disruption occurs doing things that are very innovative, right? So, you know, Ben Sherwood, who ran Disney Media Networks, has a new um, coaching uh, and sports startup called Mojo, We're we're an investor in Um, and, you know, uh, Kevin Mayer is obviously doing some things that are quite, you know, intriguing as well. Um, So it, it actually did quite, quite enjoy my time there. But um, what I, what I learned both from, from maker and from Disney was that I I felt that this trend of creators being able to build businesses and all the things that we've just talked about earlier today was only going to accelerate and that's what really attracted me to UTA. I started thinking about, well, if there's a platform for digital creators, there's probably a bigger platform for all creators, all talent, all thought leaders, all speakers. Uh, And and what could be the most exciting place to do that? Uh, Well, UTA.
0: You know, what surprises me is just kind of the amount of ambition, which of course, you know, people that, that make it in Hollywood are never short of ambition, but the, I think just the sense of like business literacy, the idea that, oh, I can, I can create a company, I can create a company that will then, you know, kick off returns that can help my effort to provide clean water in, you know, in another country. I mean, the, the, the connectivity that, that, and I, and as you talk about the power that talent can wield to accelerate things, to bring, you know, to bring things to market now. Um, do you ever, I would imagine that that there must be times when you have, and again, not not no not as super specifics, but there must be times when people want to bring you ideas that you think you just, this isn't going, this isn't going to fly, or we this just we just, there's not going to be the market support for that. Do you ever do you ever ever have to have tough conversations with people sometimes about, you know, what realistically is a business and maybe what is more like a hobby?
4: It's normally the first conversation that I have. <laughs> um, and what I found is that um, my colleagues and, you know, our, our clients really respect that, right? What I, what I tell them is that what is, you know, my goal here is to build, is to build equity value, right? The, the, the mission statement of my group is to build equity value for the agency and our clients. And um, we do all of this market coverage. We have all of this information. We, we you know, all the things that are happening with trends. And we will tell you what we think is, you know, when you're rowing downstream and when you're rowing upstream. And then after we have that conversation, what I will say is, but I will help you however I can. I will support you however I, I can. I just want to be, I want you to be informed on what's happening within the market so that you can make informed choices.
0: Sam, I so appreciate you taking the time to talk us through and kind of give us your thoughts about this marketplace. It, things are changing so fast, the companies are reorganizing the, you know, business models are changing, streaming services are launching every month. What, why don't you wrap it up with a couple of like sort of top line trends that you think that are on the horizon for the rest of this year?
4: Okay. So, um, I was thinking both about COVID trends and post-COVID trends, um, and so during COVID, there, there's been a number of areas that have, have accelerated. Um, we talked about a few earlier on, but I'm going to add fitness as a, a big category, and I think that uh, media companies should really be thinking about it as a content category. Right. So if you think about a business, we're an investor in a company called Echelon, which is a, a um, mass market connected fitness company. We have bikes and rowing machines. And we think about the amount of time that those consumers spend in front of a screen.
0: Those mirrors are, you know, are another distribution channel.
4: That's correct. Right. Um, And also think about the network effects around fitness. So particularly think about a company like Strava, right. With, with literally, you know, over a million subscribers, what wellness and mental health is a category that continues to accelerate. Um, When, I think a number of people are having what I refer to as pre-TSD, where they, um, <laughs> they, they, you know, they thought twenty nineteen was was great and twenty twenty sucked, and now that they're they're thinking about being out five nights a week. When I often I have this saying, you know, I, I can't wait to go to parties, so I can remind myself how much I hate going to parties, and and so I think you know there's but there, I'm, I'm being a little cheeky about it, but I think there's, there's going to be real kind of stress, you know, around that, and that's going to be a big category. Yeah. Um, Food delivery and the shifting of how we consume food has been a big cat, big growth you know, category for us, right? Um, and then I think as, as an investor, what we have to think about is within all of these categories that we talked about, what is the pull forward versus the systemic change? So a lot of content companies in, in Q2 and into Q3 saw big bumps because people are at home and they were looking for content to consume. Right. Is that a systemic change or did it pull forward and then it came back? Right. Um, I also think we really I think there will be a great desire for people to connect. And I'm I'm very confident that I think live in many facets will come back quite quickly. But I think it'll be generational. Right. So if I was a live, you know, if I was betting on the live music category, right, or investing there, I'd be thinking about probably leaning younger. Right. And when I talk to my friends who run sponsorship for the Philharmonic, that might be a little bit slower, right, right. in terms of, you know, right. you know, you know, coming back. Um, so those are those are some of the areas. And then we, we could talk about, you know, crypto, sp- sports betting, creator tools, fan engagement. All of those are also kind of big growth areas, but areas that we were focused on before COVID and continue to focus on today.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.
3: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
0: Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow. grow your money. Visit your local branch or Kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.